Hey, this is Double J, Jeff Jarrett, WWE Hall of Famer, and you're listening to the My One Two Three Cents Podcast. It's my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me a hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! Hey friends, welcome to episode 455 of the My One Two Three Cents podcast, and it has been a while, but uh, my buddy Tyler Heath Hatton is back here on the podcast. We're going to be talking about a lot today, uh, including as we're recording this, uh, a wrap-up of what was a really busy weekend uh, in the world of professional wrestling from AEW to SummerSlam, obviously, with WWE and Stride Pro Wrestling. So Tyler, welcome back to the show. How are things going? Things are good, actually. Currently, uh, I am at my new job. Um, I got a. They ordered me um, three thousand dollars worth of PE equipment, and it is all piled in my new office <laughs> at my new job. And I am trying to find room for it. That's and, what I'm currently doing. And school starts uh, this week. I'm guessing, right? My first day is tomorrow. Um, <laughs> nice. But uh, I came up here because. Usually, first day um, out of school, everybody is trying to use the printer. Everybody's trying to get in the hallways. You have insurance meetings and new hire meetings. So you're, uh, yeah, for the most part, you're. There's a lot going on, so it's really hard to uh, to to get things that you need. So came up here tonight to to kind of get a head start. And, I brought my daughter up here with me, and so she she's transferring school. So oh yeah, that's she right. Was, uh, um, wanted to see her walker, and we kind of walked her out to, to kind of see the new layout, you know, where she would be. And um, so she has since left. Um, she was not about to help me organize <laughs> and clean, so she is gone. Um, but yeah, that's what I am. Uh, that's what I'm up to. Well, you're also up to a little wrestling. Let's let's talk about Stride first, and and we'll get into uh, some other things that kind of prompted this whole conversation. But I, you know, I was uh, I've been in Chicago since Wednesday. I actually got back in. As I said, we're recording on Sunday evening. Just got back into town probably 45 minutes ago, and uh, so I've kind of been out of the loop. Although watching on social media, obviously, uh, but. You came back to Stride. What's going on with that? Um, you know, well, uh, storyline-wise, you know, Brandon Espinoza has been calling me out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and the, you know, and he wants to, he's been wanting to do a match, and he had been calling me saying he was coming, and we've got to wrestle twice. I beat him once, and, and he's beat me once. Um, and we, uh, you know, it's just crazy because, you know, um, Brandon, uh, is you know one of my probably 
top five closest friends that I've met through wrestling that I've yeah. gotten the most with traveling with. Yeah, I was going to say. actually only wrestled twice on a show. That, that blows my mind. Crazy. Did you guys wrestle in AAPW at all, or were, were these in no. stride that you wrestled? These were, um, these were actually, they were, none of them mm. were in stride. Um, I had never, um, yeah, none wow. of these matches took place in stride. One took place at OVW. Okay. Um, at OVW main event, I might add. Nice. Um, back in 2012, I believe, we were a uh, main event of a, of a show back in 2012. Um, and then another time for Burt Prentice and USA Championship Wrestling. Wow. Um, yeah, those were... I didn't realize uh, that. Yeah. Um, we uh, Now, we have done a few tag matches mm-hmm. um, together. Uh, we've done quite a few tag matches. We've done, I think, a couple triple threats, maybe one triple threat. Um, but we, um, yeah, we had uh, only two one-on-one matches in our career, as, as crazy as, as that is. That really, I mean, I legitimately my mind is blown because i i thought you would have crossed paths more than that obviously because like you said i i know that you two met many years ago and have done a lot of traveling together and and your last run with ovw you guys were uh hanging together with that weren't you yeah uh, i mean that was uh you know that was who i rode up with so yeah my last uh my last run with uh, ovw yeah that's who i rode with every week that wow who, uh, so and we traveled. I mean, I've I've traveled a lot of roads uh, with Brandon. So um, yeah, it's just crazy. You know, it's just crazy to think that. So now, can you talk more about what's going to happen here? Are you guys going to have that third match, this rubber match? Yeah, yeah. It was the, the offer was challenged for uh, September second at Paul Break, nice. the next ride show, and uh, I have accepted, and and we're going to have a match. Um, so that is that is storyline wise. Me and me and Brandon are going to wrestle on. September 2nd, uh, and other, the other thing was I had planned on at least stopping by the show anyway, um, you know, not, not planning on, on working necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to see, you know, like if, if they needed somebody, um, before this, when I found out it was going to be the last show, um, that was actually my plan was, uh, at the building, you know, cause they, yeah. they've lost the stride building. So, Kind of that being, you know, really mine and yours, baby, and, and Red Daniels, and the work that we went in to get that building, and a lot of, you know, I mean, really, uh, you know, that's the, probably what, one of the things I'm most proud of at Stride is the shows we were able to put on um, during COVID. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm proud of a lot of things at Stride, but, you know, uh, I mean, we got a crazy amount of views and, and, I really, really honestly, I mean, for what we had, a former news anchor with a cell phone and, (laughs) you know, and and a free, uh, you know, Apple, you know, a a free iTunes or iMovies app. Yeah. (laughs) And how we, and we produced pretty good TV, I felt like, and and, uh, for what we had. And um, so anyway, yeah, that was one of the things that I would really just most proud of and it happened at that building and having that building a lot of that opportunity so you know um losing that building um was i you know i kind of wanted to be there yeah um, for that 
Yeah, you know, and I, I guess you, you just really kind of put it in perspective for me because what we're talking about a little bit later um, with with your tryout with WWE, I missed the very first show at that building back in November of 2018. Five, almost five years ago was the first show in that building, and I wasn't there because I was at the TNA tryout in Las Vegas. And then, of course, unfortunately, I missed this last show as well. Uh, more for a pleasure trip to Chicago than anything else. But um, man, that's really, that kind of puts it in perspective and, and kind of bookends it uh, ever so nicely. Now, you know, and we'll talk more, I'm sure, as we get closer to September as well. But, um, you know, you haven't really wrestled since, I know you did a couple of of shows with uh, uh, Bert, or not Bert, I'm sorry, uh, with Herbert Abrams. Not. God, Herb Abrams, Herb not Simmons. Herb Abrams. Herb Simmons, my God. I'm like, oi, oi, okay, sorry, Herb. Herb Simmons, of course, with uh, SICW, and, uh, you know, you've done some uh, some work with him and, and, and whatnot in the last couple of months, but really, uh, are you nervous at all about ring rust, or do you worry about that kind of thing? I know you've probably been up to the building and, and working out a little bit. I've been a little bit, um, you know, the whole reason, um, you know, uh, I don't necessarily, uh, you know, I don't really watch wrestling anymore. And my wife all the time is constantly telling me, like, if you want to go to a show or if you want to wrestle, you know, she is telling me that I mean a lot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but my, my thing is, the main reason that I don't wrestle anymore is, in all honesty, I feel like I can't put on a show that needs to be put on. Like I can't perform the way, like I, I, I'm not able to train anymore. I just don't have the time, you know, with my kids and, and all that. And so anyway, I, I don't feel like I look good with a shirt off anymore in my trunks and my gear. I feel like I'm, I, you know, I'm always just a step off. So when I wrestle, um, I, I honestly am more like um, I'm more picky now with who um, I wrestle with and yeah. like who I who I choose to work with. Um, I you know I if it's some young kid who's wanting to hit a million spots and and you know and have a, a you know a twenty five minute go 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 match um, you know I, I'm not. I'm not going to be the guy for them. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just, that's just not going to, that's not going to be in the cards. Um, however, you know, like if I'm wrestling a friend, you know, somebody that I know uh, is going to take care of me and, and not get mad at me for sucking, you know, not being good. Um, then, then yeah, I'm, I'm very, uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not too nervous, you know, and I think, you know, that's the thing, man. I, I've said this before on this podcast. There's, there's not too many people that I think are better than, than I am at wrestling. Um, you know, or that, that are, that's all I have. No, that, there's a lot better than me, but there, there are certain people that, like, I have always said this. It blows my mind that Brandon Espinoza has never had a contract or has not been on TV. Um, because I, I've always thought that like he was, you know, leaps and bounds the best I had ever seen. 
mm-hmm. and um, you know <laughs> that I had ever worked with, and, and his knowledge and, and how good he is. And I know this doesn't work for for storyline wise. So if you're listening to this, you get mad <laughs> at me for kayfabe. But you obviously haven't listened to our podcast very much, um, <laughs> right? But, uh, but no, he, um, you know. Brandon is just so I, I trust him and I know he's going to take care of me and I know, you know, he it's going to be fine, you know. But I do, I'm more worried because I sometimes think the fans, God love them, you know, they, they don't always understand how wrestling works, you know, they just always don't know um, the ins and outs. They think that they do, right? But they don't know how how wrestling works and really how it works with your body and, and how it works with, you know, your time and your dedication. They, they don't understand the, the whole process that goes into it. And with that being said, sometimes I feel like I'm letting them down just really based off of them, not knowing that like I'm a dad, you know, and I'm old and wrestling hurts now. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's, that's, that worries me more than anything else is not being able to give them a show that they want to see. But you know that makes sense, and you know, and I I can give you all the affirmation in the world and and tell you that you know you still look good and you are in there making you know you're you still have what it takes. You know, I, I understand though that a lot of times we're our own worst critics or, or you know harshest critics and and whatnot. So. Uh, I'm looking forward to that and, 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 um, you know, seeing more of, of what uh, you're going to be doing. Um, but we're going to, we're going to transition a little bit into a SummerSlam because you said you don't watch now, when you say you don't watch wrestling, are you talking about the product itself, you know, wrestling in general, or are you talking about, uh, just missing out on like stride and, and the indie stuff? You know, I, I, to be honest, I, it sounds, it sounds weird again. It sounds corny. Um, when I watch wrestling, I, like, I, you know, I've loved wrestling for as long as I can remember. I mean, it's, it's just, well, I mean, I've always just loved it Yeah. Uh, as a fan and as a wrestler. Becoming a wrestler, it changes your thought process. It changes the way you watch it. And it can take away, um, especially if you, and not to be cocky, but if you've been at the level that I've been or you know, I, I always say I didn't get to eat at the table uh, or I didn't get to, yeah, I didn't get to eat there, but I got a taste. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't get to sit full time at the table, but I, I at least got to, to visit it and, and eat off of it. And it's really hard to watch wrestling the same way after having that uh, experience. It really, it really was. Um, but now when I watch wrestling, um, I, ju- I miss it. And, you know, I, I, I watch it, and, you know, I just watched the Cody Rhodes documentary. And I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to wrestle. And it's, but I know I, I can't. I can't, de- de- you know, dedicate the time I think it would take to wrestle. And I can't um, train the way that I want to train. I can't, like, it's not in me to go out there and not look the part and not be able to do the things that I know I, I want to do or I should be able to do. And, you know, I know you, you've told me before, like, you look better than 90% of the guys that are out there and other people have told me that. But it's still, 
I, I don't feel like I look the way I used to. Mm-hmm. I don't move the way I used to. And, um, and to get to that place, I would have to sacrifice things that I'm not willing to sacrifice. Right. I'm not willing to sacrifice things with my daughter, with my job, with my wife. I'm just, I'm not. Those, yeah. I enjoy those things more than I do wrestling. And, um, now when I watch wrestling, so, you know, and I try, I, I don't necessarily, you know, it's not that I don't like the product anymore. I feel like it's just, it's different than what I enjoy. Um, I, I, you know, it's, I think the last time we talked, I had dedicated myself. I was going to start watching AEW. (laughs) That was like, and you know, and, and I tried. Uh, and I'm not knocking it. Those guys are better than me. I'm not saying they're not. It's just I, I can't get into the, you know, it's after we got off the phone, Hunter, the boy I saved last night at Stride, he sent me something, and it was a YouTube video. And that is, that's my problem with AEW. They have to make YouTube videos to help me understand the storylines. Mm. Somebody who writes storylines, somebody who's in wrestling, you got to write, you got to make a a YouTube video to get people like, no, this is what they're saying. And I, and I'm not knocking it because I don't think that they, that that's a focus of theirs. Right. I think their, their focus is wrestling is putting on the best match they can that day. Um, and I think, you know, I think that's what, uh, makes it unique to their crowd is, is that's what they're telling. They're not telling stories. Um, you know, but, and WWE is able to tell stories because they, they have writers and there's negative side effects of that. You know, um, you know, like I think a Roman Reigns match is more choreographed than an AEW match as far as like the theoretical part of it. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell a Roman Reigns match is like watching a movie. Um, AEW is obviously choreographed and it's obviously spot, 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 spot. But I don't think it's rehearsed and put together like a Roman Reigns match. A Roman Reigns match is put together. You know, I'm watching SummerSlam last night. I actually did watch it. And, you know, it's like, man, from his entrance through the whole match, it is like watching a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it is like, and it is, it's different than anything I've ever really seen, you know, when you're watching it. And I don't necessarily enjoy that. But then I watch Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. And that was the best match. That was the best wrestling match I've probably seen in uh, two years. Oh, wow. As far, yeah, as, far as the story. Yeah. They had a story, and they told it the whole way through. And they didn't, you know, it is, it's a legit, I mean, they told, they told, in my opinion, an 80s, 90s wrestling story. Mm. And that's... That's what I enjoy. That's what I. That's what I like, and that's what they told. And um, and man, I, you know, I I loved it. It was, you know, it, the whole story that they told, and it was, yeah, it it blew me away. Um, the story that they told, but you know, most of the time wrestling now, I just can't. I can't really. I I feel like I'm not able to buy in to the type of of wrestling, whether it's that movie type choreographed, you know, WWE tends to drag out stories mm-hmm. a little too long, I feel like. You know, they're really big into those three matches, you know, yeah. type of thing. 
and I feel like I'm over it at that point. Why AEW, I feel like, is, like, I just, it's just wrestling. It's just, it's a bunch of matches, a bunch of spots, which are cool and athletic, and, you know, it's just, I think me and you, or me, more than, I'm not going to throw you out of us, but me more than you was joking about, you know, AEW, like, didn't CM Punk come out and say his first night back, I'm the champ until I lose, and when somebody beats me, I'm not the champ, you know, didn't, mm-hmm. I mean, I thought that he said that. Then he lost a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, then he comes back out and he's like, here's the bag I've been carrying around. Yeah. I'm still the champ. And it's like, wait, you said when you lost. And so I think for me, it's it's hard to, uh, and I could be missing something. I kind of gave up on it. I could be completely wrong on that. I could, so don't, don't, right, right, no. People, you know, but I think that's what happened. And, and so anyway, it's, it's just a lot of, of that. And I just, I don't watch it as much as I should. So speaking from a storytelling perspective, you know, and obviously I think WWE is still doing a very slow burn or a continuous burn with the bloodline. And I still think Cody is going to end up being re-injected in there somewhere along the way. But I I read something this morning from a, so, you know, a fan on Twitter that said that um, Cody not winning the championship at WrestleMania is is on par with and will will have the same detrimental effect of the finish to Starcade uh, ninety seven with Hogan and Sting and that whole botched ending to that. What are your thoughts? I mean, was I, you know when it first happened, and I really thought Cody was going to walk out with the belt. Uh, although you know there were moments where I thought, yeah, maybe they're going to go a different direction and, and keep it with Roman, in which they have obviously done. And I've been happy with the story from. WrestleMania now to SummerSlam, and I'm I'm curious to see what the next chapter is going to be from now till Survivor Series. Um, did they make a mistake in not going with Cody? I think that putting him in there with Brock Lesnar, and that's the that was the next big mission for him, the beast to uh, conquer, so to speak. I, I think I think it's been well done, and I have not, at full disclosure, I've not watched SummerSlam in full yet. I've seen bits and pieces of it. And of course, the highlights online. But uh, I'm looking forward to watching, especially now uh, that you talk so much, so talk so highly of Cody and Brock. Yeah, I don't. You know, I, I told you this on the podcast years ago, uh, and I remember us talking. And I really thought, and I still think, and like watching the documentary really did hammer it home. The number one wrestler in the world, uh, in my opinion, again, my opinion don't mean anything, was Cody Rhodes Mm -hmm. when he was at AEW. Yeah. Like, and then watching that documentary, I remember, you know, it was when we first started Stride and like it was, he was doing all the indie stuff and then he, him and his friends, (laughs) the Young Bucks, they did that and they had 10,000 people at an indie show and then he went to AEW and he did all out, he did all that stuff. He was, in my opinion, the um, the, the best re- like he like AEW should have built everything around him, and like you know they didn't. And I said this on this podcast that I felt like they dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. I felt like they yeah. did. I felt like they made a huge mistake and they dropped the ball. And um, and I still stand by that. Um, I think that they, you know, they got new shiny toys and and they went that direction. And, and I think 
know, Cody, in my opinion, really felt like he was that guy, obviously, and that's why he left. Um, but what WWE sometimes, you know, I, I agree. I think he should have won the title against Roman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. Um, but like I talked on this, sometimes WWE does stuff just to do stuff. Right. Know, where it's like they do stuff just to have that. Oh, Roman's been champ for a thousand days type of thing. Yeah. And I think, and 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 I think they, you know, he's, I mean, he's pulling in huge numbers. I mean, he really is. And he's really, um, you know, he's, there's no draw like him. And that's, you know, that's obvious. I mean, he had 50, 60,000 people in Detroit, you know, I mean, and, and that was, you know, that was there, you know, but actually a buddy of mine was there and he, he messaged me and said that Cody Rhodes by far got the biggest pop of the night, um, you know, and had the biggest crowd response of the whole night. Um, and so my buddy, um, you know, messaged me that, but, um, you know, but just, and again, and, in, in my, in my opinion, I think that he should have won it. And I think sometimes, just in my opinion, WWE does things um, a year too late. You know, where it's like they, like when Batista won, the crowd wanted Roman Reigns to win, like really. Oh bad. yeah, yeah. So yeah. then, so then the whole year, what do they do? They they build, um, you know, they build Roman Reigns up, and well, then they ram him down the crowd's throat. So then they kind of turn on him, and it was like, man, if you had done that a year earlier. You, you know, so I think sometimes they do things just a year or, or a couple months too late. Um, and, you know, I think I'm hoping not, but it seems like, you know, it really does seem like Cody's still over. Yeah. You know, and the crowd's still getting behind him. So, you know, again, you know, uh, WWE is just a, they're a, a, a multi billion dollar company that just got bought for what? eight billion dollars right right they they do things and you know they they've earned the right to do them and you know i do think you know i i you know i i personally am am like a little over the bloodline stuff um you know it kind of seems like the same stuff over and over a little bit except now you got jimmy and jay they're obviously you haven't seen it, so I you know I won't spoil too much. But they they're gonna have a thing, and oh yeah, you know, and you know it's. But anyway, you know that's. I sometimes feel like, yeah, that they 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 miss out on opportunities, and then they they try to capitalize, but they overdo it. But that's you know neither here nor there, and you know I I I think that I do. I still think that right now, Cody Rhodes is the number one, you know, um, you know, wrestler on the planet. I think, I just think he is, I think because he was the guy that, that stood up to, you know, WWE and, and I think that he, you know, he kind of, uh, he stood up to him and, 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 you know, and, and I think went out and, and went around and earned his respect with the, with the crowd and, and with the fans and but you know that's 
that's my opinion, and, and who knows if it really even you know means anything. Right. I'm sure people will message me the the ones that get mad over AEW stuff. I'm sure they'll message me and let me know about their disdain for me. But um, <laughs> but you know that's that's just my opinion. Well, and, you know, it, it kind of transitions into well into what uh, kind of the main event of our conversation is. And, you know, obviously there are, are different paths, different avenues, different ways to get uh, to the table, as you said earlier, in, in WWE or in any wrestling company. And obviously Cody Rhodes' way was partly being a legacy. You all right there? <laughs> yeah, I I dropped something in the doorway. I almost killed myself. Um, well, you know, Cody got there uh, through legacy, you know, his family, obviously, but also put in the work as as has been, become apparent, especially after he left and kind of reinvented himself. And we've seen other guys do that uh, with WWE from Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre and, and those guys. But we also see a lot of men and women go through the formal training process of going to the performance center getting on NXT, but even before they make it to that level, you know, they're doing a lot of grunt work and and there's not uh, any guarantees and there's no money. You know, I think people sometimes have this perception of a WWE superstar as a, as a multimillionaire and there's so much that has to happen before all of that. And, and I don't know anyone better personally to go through those experiences than you, because we've talked before about some of you, you know, the, the Ryback match, uh, back in, in 2012 and uh, some trainings and things that you've done in the past. But, you know, it, it really came up uh, a couple of weeks ago. I know you posted some stuff on social media about the whole tryout process. So I know a lot of guys at Stride listen to this and, and other independent wrestlers listen to this. So what advice or what, what can you kind of talk about that experience of getting there and getting that tryout in the first place? Because I don't think there are many people listening to this podcast that can say that they've had that opportunity even. You know, um, you know, getting to, to WWE was, you know, it was, like I said, I, I didn't get to really live and eat at the table, but I got to taste it, you know, um, and, you know, getting there was very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was easy at the same time. So, you know, basically, to tell the backstory, kind of how it happened. You know, I, I broke into the business in 2009. 2010, believe it or not, was the first time I had contact with WWE, which is, you know, very unheard of. Yeah. Very, you know, for people around where we are. And right. what had happened was... Um, I had sent some stuff in, you know, they used to have a website and I had sent some stuff in and WWE called me and, um, they had basically said, Hey, we're going to have this show called, you know, tough enough. And it's going to be on USA network type of deal. And like, we want to send your stuff to them. Um, and I was like, Oh, okay. So, you know, like I'm gonna say no, and right. so they actually um, sent my stuff, and within, um, like I mean, within a couple days from that conversation, uh, USA Network called me, and um, and so that was my first viewing, and you know, and and 
USA, and just so everybody knows, they were not interested in me like they were like a Matt Cross who was on the show. Mm-hmm. It was because I was a dad. They were more interested in that. Now, as I went through it, you know, it, it's you know entertainment or whatever. But as I went through it, some were, um, you know, really interested in, um, you know, uh, in like, you know, that the fact that I was a dad up and comer trying to get in it. And one of the producers really, really, really liked that and really, 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 you know, pushed for that and was like, you know, we can do something with this type of thing. Um, One of the other producers wanted somebody who was more of like a journeyman with a dad struggling to to make it in the business. And, um, you know, and I kind of got the vibe, they never said this and, but I got the vibe that they wanted me to be um, like, basically I got the vibe that I needed to be that guy who put wrestling first and Mm. his family second, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and I think all I really needed to do was be that guy on TV. And I, and I never was anyway, I, I went through that process and that was pretty much, you know, uh, what it was and, and after that I got kind of uh, I don't want to say disappointed or let down because 2011 was a great year for me wrestling wise I became tag team champ with Hurley APW Collision launched mm-hmm. um, I won the IWAP my you know singles title with them but man I like was so bummed because I didn't hear back from WWE. Like it was like, you know, and, and I would send them stuff and it was like, sorry, we don't have nothing for you right now. And, you know, I was like, oh. so anyway, I, I finally did, um, kind of get in contact with somebody and they were like, work on your body, basically get abs, call us back basically mm-hmm. in, in a way. And so I just, man, that was it. I needed to hear. So then it was two days gym at five o'clock every morning, killing myself, training as much as I could driving to only all these places to just wrestle as much as I possibly could. Um, then, uh, greatest thing happened. Now I don't ever know. I don't know if I've ever even said this publicly, but I met Brian Christopher 2011 Mm. and that was the year I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was the year his dad wrestled Michael Cole at WrestleMania. Um, but I know that he had just done a a spot on Raw before that. Anyway, I had I had met him, and and at the time, uh, ROH Ring of Honor was the AEW. I mean, it was yeah, you know, it was what everybody was talking about back then. And I did a seminar with a guy from, from ROH. And anyway, I just, the guy just, I felt like it was a workout. It wasn't, I didn't learn anything psychology wise. And so anyway, believe it or not, this is the honest, the truth, 2011, I was going to quit wrestling. I was like, it wasn't, everything was ROH. Everything was that type of wrestling that I wasn't good at. 
And I was like, you know what? I'm never going to make it. WWE is never going to call me again. Like, you know, I need to focus on, you know, other stuff. Met Brian Christopher. He told me he thought I had something. And he got me booked on a couple of shows and was so nice to me and so helpful. And I don't know, but um, shortly after that was, um, you know, meeting him. 2012 was when um, they called me for the first time for uh, the pay-per-view. Um, and and I got to go do that. And, and that was... I never found out. I just found it weird that I had met him. He had went back and he had been there and he spoke highly of me, said some really nice things about me. And then right after that, you know, they, they called me Mm -hmm. and they brought me in. Um, and then after that, I did the pay-per-view. What happened after that was I got booked for July in St. Louis after that. So in April, there in Chicago, July, they were in St. Louis. I got an email, asked me if I had my Missouri license. I said, I'll get it. Yeah. Um, anyway, we had summer chaos at APW. Yeah. And I did a spot where I jumped off the top rope on the axe, and I messed up my ankle really bad. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't walk. And I knew when I got there, I couldn't pass a physical. So I had to pass. Then they booked me for September. And... Um, I, um, September came and I had lost my job and we had a thing and I had to go to court over my job for, for some, for some money issues. And it was on that day. And so, and they were going to be like, I think in Rosemont, Chicago or in Chicago. Oh yeah. So I couldn't go. And man, I was like, like, I mean, I had to cancel twice on them. And you know, the first time was an injury. So I'm like, I'm sure they're going to look down on that. And, um, but then I met my, my hero, you know, my, the, the guy who kind of seemed like he changed everything. And that was, you know, Adam Pierce. Yeah. And, and I had met him and Adam got my information and he sent it all to him. And, um, and I can remember where I was at. I was at Star's Fitness Gym in Bitten with Curly working out. When uh, they emailed me and wanted me a bunch of stuff to, to send in that they were interested in me, and um, they had said they were looking at a hundred different people, and narrowed down to a hundred people, and they were going to take thirty to this tryout, and, and they wanted me to, um, you know, to fill out this. Uh, this um this paperwork or whatever and in which you know i did and then they took me now um that's honestly how that happened was you know obviously they they cared and they thought a lot about adam you know because they ended up signing him you know so and they brought him in after that but um so you know how the now now how the tryout went um First off, I want to start by saying that I know a lot of people said some nice things when I posted this, but again, that thing, same thing. <laughs> um, but the, but this, but in all honesty, this is this is the truth. Like 
the guys that were there, like, I, I, I don't feel like I deserved, you know, to be there. I don't feel like, um, you know, there, there's, I'm not, I'm not knocking, you know, anybody. Um, it's like, you know, it's like probably like, you know, you being on the news, you know, you were really good on the news. You were good at your job, but did you ever feel like I'm good enough to be on good morning America? Right. Yeah. You know? I, I was good in Southern Illinois. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and that's not a knock because right, no, I mean, you know, and it's you were like phenomenal, but like, did you? And and maybe you did. No, I didn't. No, I don't know. No, and so it's, and it's one of those things where, um, I realized I was good in Southern Illinois, and and I was good on the Indies because of the way I looked and my ability to tell a story in the ring, but those guys, man, like. So, um, you know, I will tell you the first thing I, you know, my, my, my roommate was Mike Bennett, mm-hmm. that was my roommate. And so, uh, you know, I, that was intimidating because at the time I, he was really big on ROH. Yeah. He was one of the guys and, and he was with Maria and, and he was oh, and still is extremely talented and, and, um, and he was my roommate. So I kind of, <laughs> that was my first thing like crap, you know? I remember I got the email for the sleeping assignments and I'm like, really? Um, you know, <laughs> and like, I was just intimidated, but, um, but the one thing I, I got up the next morning and this is, this is my only, and he doesn't know this, but this is my LA night story. Um, so I brought a suit. I was going to wear a suit and, and you had to wear a suit on promo day mm-hmm. the last day. But anyway, it said on there, you know, don't bring athletic clothes to work out. You don't have to wear a suit the first day. But I was going to wear it. And I remember I got up early to go eat breakfast or whatever. And I had all my workout clothes, but I had my suit laid out. And I walked down and I saw L.A. Knight. And I knew him because at the time he did a lot of acting stuff then. And and I remember he had done some wrestling stuff, obviously, but I remember like, you know, I kind of looked up everybody that was going to be there and which I probably shouldn't have done because it really intimidated me. But anyway, I looked up stuff and he was going to be there and I walked down in the lobby and there's LA Knight. And I mean, he looked like a star, had a suit on, his hair done. I mean, I was like, okay, so I ran back to my room and put my suit on and I was like, I want to look like that guy. And mm-hmm. anyway, um, that was, that's how it started. Now I will tell you guys, um, the backstory and if we're running out of time, tell me, but no, you're good. So the, so the backstory, um, going into it, I got influenza the week before I left and, um, I spent two days in the hospital I got really sick um, and I threw up and I threw up and I threw up and I lost over the course of like six days, like 27 pounds. Mm. Uh, they had put an IV in me. I couldn't keep anything down. They checked me for all this stuff that they thought I had. Anyway, I got out of the hospital 
and uh, on a Tuesday. I was supposed to fly out that Thursday night. The doctor told me, like, there's, like, I didn't get a chance to work out, nothing. He was like, got to follow up with your doctor. I went to my doctor. He's like, you can't go to this thing. And I was like, please. (laughs) Right. And and he was like, I said, dude, and I had already canceled on them. You know, so I canceled, and, and that's what... I wanted to make sure I told the other two dates that I was booked that I didn't go. That's why it was so important for me to go to this tryout. Because WWE, when I was in the hospital, I called. And they were like, don't worry, we're going to do another one. But I was scared. Like, that, you know, I canceled on them twice. Once for an injury. If I call and say I can't come because I'm freaking sick, you know, how is that going to work? You know, how can you make it? So, but anyway... I ended up, I did, I, I went and I got there and, um, they were like, you know, I was from my physical, from the doctor that I had to do three weeks before this, I was 37 pounds lighter. Wow. And, um, and I remember that because it, I, when we were going to do this podcast, I started looking through my old emails and getting all my emails out. <laughs> um, and, uh, I was 37 pounds lighter. And I kind of explained and that got me a lot of uh, respect. I think, you know, with, with some of them, some of the coaches and some of the people. Um, and I think other ones maybe just thought I was lying or I photoshopped my pictures. I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, first day was atrocious. Now, mind you guys, uh, Del Sol was there who was, um, you know, police though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and WWE, Adam Cole was there, LA Knight was there. Um, I mean, it was, like I said, it was the who's who. I mean, at the time, the 20 biggest indie stars in the world were there, and then me, you know. Right, now they right. had, like, two people from the NFL that were there um, that that were trying out. Uh, there was a couple other guys who weren't wrestlers that were trying out. Anyway... Man, the first day, like, was just push-ups, sit-ups. I mean, they, they're blowing you up. And, I mean, it was hard. It was hard for me. Um, you know, and I always felt like I was in pretty good shape. But also, I had been sick. And so I was really, really, really struggling. Um, and, um, you know, I was trying to push through. I got through the first day. And and, and I'll never, you know, I, we've talked, or I've talked about it. And, um, but the first day I was leaving and I was getting right, we were, we just got done and I'm walking to the door and Bill DeMott was like, said my name and he had told me, and it kind of shocked me, but he said that he had watched my match with, with Adam, with Adam Mm. and he had, and he had watched my, you had to send like a training video and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so anyway, he had asked me, you know, he had said like, the guy that I saw on video and the guy that I wanted to come down here is not the guy I've seen today. And he said, are you too sick to do this? And I said, no. And he was like, we'll do better tomorrow. Mm. Like, the, you know, like he basically said, you're, you know, you're embarrassing yourself. And I knew, right, I mean, right. I was, I was hurting, you know? And, um, and, um, and so I knew, and, and anyway, I went back to the room and, you know, and 
And I remember, um, you know, Mike Bennett really talking to me and being positive and, you know, telling me, like, you know, don't worry about it, you know, type of thing. And I was really just, man, I was, I was struggling. And, and so anyway, um, the next day we come back and, man, we were doing a blow-up drill. And they were not fun. I mean, they were – I had never done anything like that. And anyway – I remember getting out of the ring and we had just done some great squishers and some up down a bunch of them. And I remember vividly getting out of the ring and that is all I remember. Um, I passed out, I guess. Um, I woke up in the trainer's room with Jason Ayers and uh, the doctor and um, little Rebel um, had carried me in there. <laughs> and, and anyway, my blood sugar was really low, and um, uh, and I had passed out. Um, you know, um, you know, at this point, and that, you know, going in with my weight down, and and then the workout, um, you know, they they basically didn't, you know, clear me to go back and compete. Um, I got to go back um, the last day and do a, um, a match. They let me do a match, um, you know, uh, but I didn't get to do any more of the drills or anything, which was, you know, a huge bummer. I did get to sit, you know, next to the coaches. And I think for me, what I ended up doing with stride was beneficial because I got to listen to them and go oh, yeah. through the drills. And I got to really, you know, and, and I can remember the second day after that, being in the room and, and, and Bill DeMott coming in and basically telling me, like, I remember him saying, like, kid, like, you may not have what it takes to be a wrestler, but you have the biggest balls of anyone here. And I remember him telling me that. And we still, every once in a while, I'll tweet him that or because he follows <laughs> me on Twitter. But that night, I went home and back to the hotel, and I got a notification that he was following me on Twitter. And, like, and the last day, you know, he brought me in and, and you know, just basically said anytime I wanted to come back, anytime I wanted to do another look, he'd love to have me and and uh and but and that went a long way. Um but uh but yeah, um that was that was pretty much it. You know, I got to watch all these um, you know, all these guys at the very beginning and, and you know, I mean Adam Cole I think was like nineteen at the time and um, you know, and, and just how talented they were. I mean, Xavier Woods was there. I mean, just uh, the talent. And, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't belong. Um, but anyway, um, I, I asked, you know, Bill DeMar, I said, you know, why did you guys bring me? And he said, you know, Adam spoke very highly of you. That was the first thing he said. And the second thing is, is he said, we really like your look. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and so, and that goes to anybody listening. I mean, that is, it, it does matter. Yeah. You know, it, it really does. It, it matters a lot. Um, but you know, I realized, you know, something actually on the way back. Um, and, and I got back and I, and I flew back and I, on the flight back home, um, yeah, I realized like, you know, I'm never going to be a WWE superstar. 
I, that's never going to happen. Uh, and that is when I realized I would never be good enough to be a WWE superstar. Um, and, and, you know, and like, you know, actually Brandon told our buddy referee, you know, yeah. at, 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 you know, he had, he had treated me and then, you know, we kind of talked and, you know, he had said like, Tyler, you, you know, you were really good back then. You, you belong to be there. Um, and you know, I, we're all our own, you know, critics or whatever, but when I was there, I, I knew, you know, I, I knew that these guys just, they had it, you know, they had it. They had that star power. I mean, I knew walking in the lobby and seeing LA nine, like he's a star, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and I remember like, to me, I was a PE teacher or I was a dad. I was a softball coach. I never, I, I, I was not a star and I was okay. Like I knew that. Like, and I remember being on the flight home and just being like, that, that's not you. You're, you're not going to be that guy. And I remember telling myself, you wrestle because you like wrestling. You know, you, you, you wrestle because you love it. And, um, and you know, and, and I, and that was 2013. And I was like, man, I've been in the business four years. Right. And, you know, and this is what I've got, all the stuff I've got to do. And, uh, you know, and then after that, I, you know, I did some, quite a few you know, backstage stuff and extra help. And I really just did that because it's kind of cool. You know, it, it was just, it was a cool experience being back there and seeing them and seeing how the process was. And it was, but when I was back there, I knew I was not back there to get a job. Right. And I was back there as, as a mark almost, or as a 12 year old kid who would like, like pinch himself if he knew he'd be backstage at a WWE show. And I was back there for that. And so then that's when I kind of was like, you know what? Like I'm taking this opportunity away from, from somebody who really, really deserves it. And, um, and you know, but, uh, you know, it was, it was an awesome, awesome experience. I mean, it was, um, you know, Really, it was life changing, um, you know, and, and it was, um, you know, it was it, it was something that you know uh, I'll never forget. But no, I mean, just that was, you know, um, like I said, it, it all goes back to me to 2011. Uh, that's kind of, you know, where it was, and and you know, and this goes to. I got a lot, a lot of heat. And I think, do you remember all the heat that I had back then? You know, 2011, yes. 2012. I, yes. I had a lot of heat. A lot of people did not like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was called, you know, a 40 miler and, and all this stuff. And, you know, but back then it was, um, I went to a show in Texas. And I got talked into, in 2011, going to a show in Texas. And I went to this show, and I got in cars with some guys, and we got paid, I think, like 20 bucks a piece or $25 a piece. And 
it all went to gas. And then I ended up spending like 30 bucks to eat. Right. <laughs> and I remember them being like, dude, it's exposure. And I said, what do you think WWE <laughs> is watching me? I mean, there was like 50 people in the crowd, you know, and I'm right. like, how is this exposure? Like, I don't understand what exposure am I getting? Do you think one of those 50 fans like recorded me on their flip phone and like sent that to Vince McMahon? And I was, I never understood it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go and train. I'm going to spend my time in the gym and training in the ring. And I'll just do it in front of nobody. And, and that is how like, I'll get there. And I'll go to seminars and I'll go to places that are big shows. Like, I'm not going to go to these other places like Stride, you know, because now right. I'm not going to go to these smaller places. I'm going to try to get booked on the bigger shows, which that's essentially what happened. And, uh, you know, and that was, you know, how I met people and, and how I got in. But it was, and also AAPW helped a lot with that. Um, you know, getting on TV, having that footage and, you know, and then kudos to, you know, to Chris Axton for doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I mean, he, that man alone literally put us all on TV. And, you know, without that exposure, without meeting those guys from Tennessee, Golden Boy and Eric Wayne and, and those guys, Poker Face, and then me getting to Tennessee, I wouldn't have met, you know, Brian Christopher. Um, so, you know, it, it, it was, that was it, and, you know, and, um, uh, but, you know, it was my time was, you know, uh, was spent in the gym and working out and, you know, and, but I realized, like I said, on the flight home, I was always, and I still am, I'm a dad first. That's just what I am. That's what I want to be. And I was never, wrestling was never going to be number one. And, um, and, and nothing has been, and, and that's, I'm not saying that's a good thing. Like, I'm not saying that at all. Um, like, I, I'm saying that, like, I decided a long time ago that, like, you know, wrestling, I loved wrestling, and I wanted to do nothing more than wrestling until I became a dad. And then it was, oh, man, I just want to be a dad. You know, right. I, I want I want to be with her. And, and then, you know, it got to where she could go to the shows with me. And, and that was really when I kind of took off again was 2011 she was five and six and, and she could ride with me in the car and go to shows um but then once she got into softball and got into being her own person she didn't want to go to a wrestling show she doesn't like wrestling and i wasn't going to make her you know right. go to those shows and uh, but, you know that was so a lot of people had messaged and they had kind of asked you know about it uh, there are other stuff that happened but that was pretty much it it was it was a positive experience and what i got to see however you know uh, at the end of the day it was you know uh, it was and that's something that I'm, I'm comfortable saying at the end of the day i was not that level and i and i was you know now had i been able to move to a louisville and just train with the best of the best and could i maybe you know, I, you know, I, I think I had the mind for it. I had the passion, um, but I, you know, I, I had this voice that was like, you know what, you, you want to be a dad. You have a daughter. You don't want to leave her. You don't want to go away. Um, 
you know, you're not with her mom, so you split you split time with mm-hmm. her, right? And you know, and so you know, had had I been married and she been, you know, we've been a, a family, an unbroken family, then yeah, I might have moved them and, and I might have went and chased it, and who would have known? But at that time, the training that I had and, and all that, I yeah, I just I wasn't good enough, and um, you know, and I realized I was I was never going to be good enough, yeah. and. You know, and, and but then I look at, you know, what we were able to do at Stride and, uh, you know, and, and I, and I think that is probably going to be what I'm most remembered for as far as wrestling. You know, I think, um, you know, you'll have the people that want to, you know, two is greater than one and, and all that, but I think I'll mostly be remembered for you know, stride and, and the people that I trained, the people that I helped and the crappy announcers that I found and <laughs> turned into decent you know, that's what I think, you know. Well, and that's a good legacy to have. And, you know, and I don't want to be Debbie Downer as we wrap things up, but, you know, uh, two months ago I lost my mom. And as you were talking about, you know, that family time and, and how important that is, you know, I, I think back, more now on the sacrifices that my parents made and that, you know, my wife and I have made as parents and, and that's part of the game too. And, um, you know, I, I think that your kids, uh, especially Jada from those early days of, of you being there. And I can remember her coming to some of those early stride or, uh, AAPW shows. And, you know, she may not now at, at 15 or 16 think much of it, but I, I guarantee you, uh, you know, as she becomes an adult, those things are going to come to her and, and she will have a, a, a greater appreciation, love and respect for you. Um, and I think that, you know, as, as someone as who is your friend listening to you say that, I, I, I feel the same way. You know, you you made the right choice. And I, I do think your legacy goes down as being the guy that kind of changed the game in Southern Illinois and Southeast Missouri, as far as, as independent wrestling goes. And, and so kudos to you for that. And thank you again for the opportunities that you provided me and, and so many others uh, throughout this area. Yeah. I mean, it was when I was going through all this, you know, I have a, a file of all, all the stuff I got, you know, from impact wrestling at the time and WWE and just all the, all the emails and stuff that I got. And, uh, you know, and it, it was just really cool. And then looking back and, you know, I typed in and man, I, I forgot, you know, um, people used to review AAPW. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they used to get on there and review. And, uh, and I could remember, man, um, you know, I think it was pro wrestling ponderings, uh-huh. you, know, uh, you know, they, I don't know if they're still around or not, but, um, they reviewed us quite a bit and, and you know, your boy Tessa and his, his buddies with them, but. <laughs> I used to get so mad that they never spelled my name right. It was H-A-T-T-E-N. Oh. And, um, and they would always talk about, like, they, they would say nice things about me. You know, right? he's the golden boy. He's the future. You know, he's, he, you know, he does WWE stuff. And he's on the indies. And he has the look. And he can do athletic stuff. But I'm like, you say all this crap about me. But you can't even spell my name right. And I remember being just a young kid. And that made me so mad. <laughs> Like they can't even spell my sneaking name right, but um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I really, you know, I think we both would admit that, you know, AAPW as fun as it was, um, 
you know, it was like, I, I hate to toot my own horn, but it was like, man, if I could have booked that, you know, if I could have booked that, um, you know, like, but then again, back then I was, I was stupid, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't for, I mean, I, well, I didn't know anything. I mean, right. Well, and I think, like you said, it's those experiences you gained along the way that I think was the perfect storm for Stride to come up when it did and and with your guidance, the way it, it you know, it ended up going. You know, I mean, it is so funny. I mean, we talked about Brandon. This is, you know, the difference, and this is what I think, um, you know, the whole reason that I hadn't been to Stride since March is I didn't want people to be intimidated or be confused. I wanted them to know that I'm completely out of it. I, yeah. I have no say in the booking. I have no, and I wanted everybody to know that. And I am, this is somebody else's baby now. And I didn't want that person to feel intimidated by me being there or feel that they're letting me down or anything. But the way wrestling is today is, you know, nobody, uh, you know, we've been backstage a long time. And I've been a lot of places and I've done a lot of cool stuff. There's a handful of times in the last three or four years that I've heard somebody ask somebody to watch their match. You know, nobody's came up and asked me and I don't, and you know, and I've, we've had names and people around back in when I was in 11 or 12, if there was a name on the show, like, I mean, we brought in Colt Cabana and I went up and asked him, will you watch my match for me? You know, Matt Cross, his buddy of mine, will you watch my match for me? Um, and, and give me feedback. Nobody does that anymore. And it's like, if you try to give them feedback, they get mad because you're not telling them what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. But that's actually how me and Brandon Espinosa became friends. I worked the show with him and I knew who he was. I thought he was talented. I watched him. I thought he was good. I went up to him and I said, hello. I introduced myself and I said, will you watch my match and tell me what you think? And he's like, sure. Brandon watched my match and he told me it was awful. Mm. He basically told me I sucked. It wasn't any good. And I needed to work on this, this, and this. And and he wasn't nice about it. He really was not. And um, But anyway, kids listening at home, you know what I did? That was on a Saturday. That Sunday, I sent him a message on Facebook. I found him on Messenger. I sent him a message, and I asked him if I could come up and train with him that I respected what he said for about two months. I drove up on Monday nights or Tuesday nights and trained with him in downtown St. Louis at Broadway. Mm -hmm. And I drove up and I trained with him and that's all I did. And, um, and it was because I respected what he had to say. Then from there, he offered to take me to OBW and then I got on OBW and, and the rest is history. But it was, I had asked him and he went out of his way to give me advice and that's what I, you know, and and I took it and, and he helped me out a lot. And there's been since then, you know, if you, if you want to get better, that's what it takes is, you know, is to go up and ask somebody, Hey, will you watch my match? Will you tell me what you think? You know? Um, and you're not always going to get, you know, um, the feedback that you want or the praise that you want, um, you know, I, I, I think I went, I tried to find it. I was going to say it on here too. I remember one time you, you messaged me and you had asked me to give you feedback on announcements. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, and I told you like that you needed to be louder and more enthusiastic, but mm-hmm. I felt like you were too quiet Yeah, and you were like, okay, great. And I, and I remember saying like your personality is the best thing about you. Like 
but Kevin Hunchberger on WSIL sucks. I mean, that guy's a, <laughs> I mean, that guy's a douche. You know, I mean, he, he is not, you know, he's not somebody I want to hang out with. But the Kevin Hunchberger that I know is who I want in the ring. Right, you know, right. That is who, like, I think, you know, is, is I like him a lot better than the W. And I get it. You, you had certain rules you had to follow being on the news. But anyway, I wanted that personality. And that's what I told you. And, you know, and then I felt like from there, not taking credit, and I would never take credit for those ugly suits, but from there, <laughs> you started wearing the suits and you started doing more things, you know, funny things on social media. And you, and, and I'm not at all taking credit, but I can remember like at the shows, you interacting with the crowd and being funny and, and I kind of, and then I, I just, I remember this and I, and I, this is, and I swear on my kid's life to this. I remember we were at a show one time and you were rapping one of the fans in the ring. And I was like, Kevin, listen to what I said. <laughs> like, and, and I remember being like, he, he's trying to do like what I said. Like I, right. I, I felt like you were too uptight. You were too, you weren't confident up there, you know? And, and I remember like you, you didn't take offense to what I said. Right. You were like, okay, I'm going to listen to what he has to say, and, and then you did it. Anyway, I went back through our messages to see if I could find that, but I, I couldn't find it. Um, but I was, you know, and, and but the, I just remember, you know, uh, uh, things like that, and that over the years, and I can remember certain people that that took my advice, and you know, there were people that I remember, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't wrestle if they offered me $500 and they were giving me advice. And I said, listen, because, you know, maybe they'll tell me something that I needed to hear. Maybe they'll, they'll, they'll push me in a direction that I've not been or see something that I haven't seen. And I think that's what's miss, missing in the, in the world today with, as far as the professional wrestling world. Couldn't have said it better myself. I a hundred percent agree. Uh, once again, Tyler Heath Hatton stepping back in the ring on Saturday, September 2nd. It is for Stride Pro Wrestling. Where are the, is this show going to be at uh, Sioux Drive Center, or have they announced that? They haven't announced where it's going to be yet. Okay. Um, it's not going to be at the at the Sioux Drive Center that I'm aware of. Okay. I don't know quite for sure where it's going to be. All right. Well, we'll update folks on social media again. Check out Stride Pro Wrestling on Facebook. And uh, keep up to date with them on YouTube as well. Tyler Heath Hatton, as always, thank you so much for being a part of the show. That was my All righty, friends. Thanks for listening. And we will talk again next week. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. More jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.